Welcome to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, where we try to cut through the noise and help you make sense of the chaotic information space around us. I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. On this episode of the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, we're joined by Robert Silverman to discuss the effects of climate change, as well as the Saudi takeover of the sport of golf, and whether there might be a connection between these things. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a rating and a review on the app that you're listening on. Be sure to subscribe at didnothingwrongpod.com to get our content straight into your inbox. All of our work is free, but we're extremely grateful for paid subscriptions and donations that ensure that we can keep doing this important work. Thank you. Jay, Robert, good to have you guys here today. Robert, you're in Brooklyn, and the weather is just something else altogether. You can actually see the air from all the pictures I'm seeing. Yeah, he it's... promised he would be recording from the roof, but he chickened out. I'm, I'm really <laughs> not happy why. about it. I want to hear some coughing and really <laughs> get into character over there. You wanted you wanted a Fury Road backdrop to this story, Absolutely, so that's did. it. Okay, yeah, I'm not doing that. I. I have broken out the COVID emergency kit. Uh, hopefully we can't hear it on the pod, but I've got my air purifier on full blast. I run my I run my actual air conditioner, even though it's not cold enough, just because it's an extra layer of filtration. Right. And I don't go outside without my industrial grade N95 mask. And I bought some goggles, actually, Ooh. just yesterday just in case it starts hurting my eyes. It hasn't yet. I walked out and it's true. I moved my mask out of the way when I walked outside and I've only gone outside to walk my dog and that's it. But I moved the mask out of the way because I want to know, okay, how bad is this? And it really did smell just like you were in the middle of somebody's backyard smoker. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're the brisket, man. <laughs> I'm the brisket. We're, and it's, everywhere it was dense it's thick it's not like oh i smell smoke coming from here it's oh i'm in smoke yes and wow. and yet there are people around me not wearing masks <sighs> well fox news said it was woke wearing your mask <laughs> yeah. right? it's, it's woke they had a guy on today who was a former shill for philip morris and tried to say that tobacco studies were all wrong and not harmful to your health and he's going around saying in a delightful self-own or just stupidity, I don't know. He said, oh, there's air like this all the time in China and India, and that's not a health risk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, cool. buddy. I've heard, I, I've heard black lung can really do some great things if you're looking to lose weight. So uh, <laughs> there's, there's positives and negatives here. It's bad, but yeah, there, there are even... People in my neighborhood walking around without masks. And I, I I brought a bag of not my good masks, just the regular surgical masks, which I don't use any, which honestly are not great for this and don't do much, but it's better than nothing. I've been handing them out to people. Right. If if they and or offering. A couple of people have taken them. Others have said no, which okay. All right. But I brought it around. I mean, if I, I tried to give it to people who looked like they were struggling. I gave it to a couple of guys who were working on a construction crew. And you bastard developers, give all your guys masks today if you're going to send them out on the job. Yeah. 
yeah. city finally got around to announcing places where you can get free N95 masks today, this morning. I mean, I, I there was a great tweet, and I'm going to steal it because it's such a good line. Uh, I think Eric Adams, the mayor of New York's plan is to hire 50,000 more cops and have them arrest the air. <laughs> <laughs> But beyond that, I'm not sure what he plans to do. We it's are been made very so... clear now over the last three years, if it wasn't already, that we are all on our own. So. Yeah. And we are so unprepared for this. We had similar things happen on the West Coast almost every year now. Seattle got this bad the last several years. Just it really hammers home the idea that all of these people that have been denying climate change for as many years just they were all lying to you. They were all lying. And now you can see it now when the sun comes up and it's red, you can just completely see that this has been a bill of goods that you've been sold. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Jay has a point he'd like to share with the group. Jay. Well, that's not what Tim pool says. Uh, listen, listen to the hot take this morning and, their their consensus, if they ever really build one, is that sometimes things just happen, man, and it's an act of God, and we can't control everything, and it's not like climate change spontaneously made this fire erupt somewhere and just take over and, and no, destroy this forest. No, that's what Kim.com said this morning. So- <laughs> Sorry, they so easy to confuse them. One of them on on Tim's show said, well, I saw something on Twitter of a guy dropping napalm from a helicopter. I don't think it was that. But, you know, I don't know for sure. (laughs) Like, (laughs) they're just doing their own research, man. They're doing their own research. (laughs) They eventually they kept going into it can't be climate change. There might be more carbon in the air, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't have freedom. Also, it could have been the CIA or at a certain point they got to a laser from space that that could have done Whoa. it. Oh, did they say who might have owned that laser from space well, by any chance? Well, Just out of curiosity. At one point it was it was Russia, but that was kind <laughs> of joking. I own I own my own space laser. Well, thanks, Robert. And the Rothschild. <laughs> <laughs> You know, well, they really needed the MTG to be on for that segment because she's the expert. But The tap dancing is something else altogether. Just the absolute refusal to acknowledge what's going on here. It isn't like climate change just does make the forest spontaneously catch on fire, but the air is drier Mm -hmm. when the temperature rises and falls. It affects everything. It these fires are happening more and more often in California and now in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's not like climate change is a person who's out there with a box of matches. It just means stuff like this is more common. It's more deadly. It's going to cause more damaging effects to the earth and the people who live on it. And that is our reality now. And we should stop just denying that that's happening. But, well, you know, the left just wants to use it to attack Republicans with because it conforms to their world control. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible like, left I people. Just, I, I want I want to walk outside without yeah. feeling like 
a blast furnace. That's that's a kind of freedom, I think. Mm-hmm. You you would, Wokey. I would like to keep <laughs> the atmosphere like Dune as something we see in a movie. I mean, man, my still suit is still dirty. I, I don't have time to clean it. It's just, no, this is... <sighs> And this is the reality, like you said. This is what we're going to be faced with because there's a lot of forests in northern BC that haven't burned down yet. There's a lot of forests on the west coast that are still potentially ready to go up as a result of this kind of thing. And we're going to see it more often than not. And it becomes one more thing that we have to prepare for, like COVID, where we have to have kits and plans. And what do we do if the smoke gets so bad we can't go outside? What do we do if it hits our area? Do we do we buy more guns? Will that help? Yeah. Yeah. Just buy more guns and shoot at the smoke. We'll see where that goes. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the people who have no solutions definitely want it to get figured out. Just don't ask them how. And the left is crazy, also kind of right, but it's it's really about freedom. It's it's about freedom to go outside without a mask right now. And people like Robert here want to take that freedom from you. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad Robert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of climate change, the sport of golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how wokeness is destroying this country. It couldn't possibly be these foreign billionaires uh, with blood on their hands and their money dumping it into now the sports world. And you've got a new piece in the Daily Beast about this. Yeah, I do. I do. About the Saudis' recent purchase of the PGA Tour. And this is a big deal because the PGA Tour had said previously on several occasions that they weren't going to sell to the Saudis. So the Saudis kind of came up with their own competitor league, the LIV, but for whatever reason, money talks and blood money screams and the Saudis managed to come to terms with the PGA. So now it's all owned by the Saudis and it's about to turn into one thing. So Robert, why don't you walk us through what this means for the future of golf and the future of sports in general in this country? Well, for the future of golf, I don't know, man. Just to be very clear about my opinions, RE golf. I think the entire sport should be burned to the ground. (laughs) Every golf course should be seized and turned into solar panel and wind farms. And maybe a nice little playground where people can sort of chill out and relax and have a nice time. But I don't have a personal stake in golf itself. Hmm. But just to give you a little more detail. So starting in 2020, the Saudi Public Investment Fund, which is controlled by the Saudi royal family, specifically Mohammed bin Salman himself, and has, as of the most recent reporting that I saw, an excess of $600 billion to Whoa. throw around. That's a lot of money. That's uh, Those are a lot of petrodollars that they have you know, stashed in their piggy bank. And they have been buying up all kinds of sports entities. They own, I think, 80% of Newcastle. And you soccer fans can probably confirm that, or as uh, Milo Yiannopoulos once called it when we spoke on the phone, kicky, kicky fun ball, which I think is one of the funnier <laughs> things that Milo ever said. So Newcastle is, you know, in the UK and the way the league works, there's 20 teams and Newcastle kind of a working class city and they've been in the top league. So there's there's four professional leagues in England and Wales. And 
then there's semi-pro teams below that. But Newcastle have been in the top division for years, but they've always been kind of like a mid-table, you know, they finish around 8 to 15. The bottom three teams get relegated to the lower division, and then the three teams from that division come up. But Newcastle haven't been relegated in decades, I think. But they're always they were always mid-table. Well, here comes this big purchase from the Saudi government, the public investment fund, but they say it's not controlled by MBS or the government. It's it's just a private enterprise. No, mm-hmm. we don't have anything to do with the government. And they have to say that because the, the UK has actually enacted laws that are supposed to prevent this type of purchase. And they're, quote unquote, investigating it. But meanwhile, Newcastle get bought. The Saudis pump a bunch of money into the team. And the team finishes in the top four, which means they get more money, more revenue. They get to play in Europe. Like it's a, it's a big deal. And it kind of came out of nowhere because, Hey, here's all this money. So all the, all the safeguards that anyone seems to put in effect, whether it's PGA tour, whether it's various soccer leagues, whether it's buying a controlling interest in four teams in the Saudi soccer professional Mm -hmm. league and throwing money at Cristiano Ronaldo, or they were about to buy Messi until Messi decided to take the money from a multi-billion dollar uh, global (laughs) corporation in in lieu of a multi-billion dollar petrop state. I mean, eventually it's pretty clear you throw enough money at it and the problem will go away. I think the, the phrase that you're looking for is that everyone has a price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, you know, look, I am not surprised that the, that the PGA Tour did this. What the public investment fund did, the PIF, I like calling it the PIF. It takes some of the steam out of, <laughs> out of their world-spanning tentacle grasp around sports now, is that it's, it's this thing called sports washing. Right. In which, and it's all part of this 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 MBS plan called Vision 2030, which is to transform Saudi Arabia in the eyes of the public from something other than what it is, which is a human rights generating, climate destroying, murderous dictatorship into an equitable partner on the global stage. It is advertising. This is an ad campaign. And so they bought, as I mentioned like a second ago, they bought the Women's World Cup. They have a 10-year deal with the WWE that pays $50 million per event Mm -hmm. over 10 years to host WWE events in the kingdom. I'm not exactly clear on what the relationship is with the UFC, but now that the UFC and the the WWE are are one thing, it doesn't really matter. They're in the the Saudis' pockets to a certain degree, too. Yep. And how this... PGA, European Tour, and Live, or LIV, I call it Live because it makes me think of the club, Live Golf will eventually function. Who's going to be like the one actually calling the shots? We don't know. There could be the antitrust lawsuit that the PGA filed when Live showed, like that that Live Golfers filed, and then there was a countersuit, could still be regulated by the government if we had functioning institutions, but it still could get blown up. But MBS's right-hand man, and I can't pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try and <laughs> I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't want to botch it, is in a position of authority in the governing body of however this new thing will run. The Saudis run golf and how it'll shake out, whether there'll be live events and PGA events, and they'll be separate or whether live events will be folded into the, you know, the broadcasting package that the PGA Tour has or whether they'll still be shunted off into... I think they're on the CW network where they are now or whatever. 
that's not clear and it doesn't matter. Like the PIF doesn't care if this is a money losing enterprise. They're throwing money at all these people because they want you to ignore, I think it's the 82 summary executions that the kingdom yes. has in 2022. They want you to forget about the fact that marital rape still isn't prosecuted as a crime there. They want you to forget uh, about the persecution of homosexuals. They want you to forget about the silencing of dissidents. They want you to forget about the fact that it is an authoritarian government that brutalizes its most vulnerable citizens. And instead, they want the headlines to be about golf or hmm. Newcastle yes. or Cristiano Ronaldo or the Women's yeah. World Cup or the teams that they sponsor in like, that they don't even they don't outright on a stake, the sponsorship agreements that they have with Man City and NYCFC is pretty much owned by the PIF here in New York. So <laughs> never mind the journalist that you lured into the embassy oh, yeah. and bone sod, you know, we don't want, we don't have to talk about that anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was a, when Greg Norman, who's the, who was until evidently today, the live golf CEO, they asked him about, so, um, nine 11, you, uh, you cool with that now? <laughs> <laughs> and his answer was, nobody's perfect. People make mistakes. <laughs> and, and which is, you know. Wow. It, it's the, the really funny thing is like a day later, another prominent golf reporter was trying to get to, to Greg Norman to sort of be like, you want to tidy this quote up a little or do you, you still stand by this? And he had the, that reporter got thrown out of the presser. And I came very close. I did not put it in my article because it's too inflammatory. I almost wrote, well, at least he, his limbs weren't hacked off with a bone saw. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even try that one with my editor. Fair cop. Absolutely fair cop. I mean, they they have a habit of silencing dissident voices over there and they're not nice about it. So really, I'm... No one can answer, like, you, there's nothing to excuse here. The point is, like, yeah, you're taking blood money. Mm -hmm. If you want to say you have never been offered a nine-figure check, and, buddy, you might do the same, I, I would go, okay. I mean, honestly, I forget which golfer they got on the air last night on, on CNN. Again, I'm not a golf guy, so I don't know which <laughs> golfer it was. They're all... They all look exactly the same to me. Every golfer looks like the same slightly beefy, ruddy dude who is the younger version of a guy who owns a chain of auto dealerships. That's what they all look like to me as athletes. Hmm. Tiger Woods being the exception that proves the rule. And, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I I almost wish one of them would say like straight out, like, you, if you were offered this, would you say no? Honestly, yep. not a lot of people would. And you know who proved that true? The PGA, because they were screaming. You mm -hmm. know, they made all these quotes and they, they stood by 9-11 families and they said, you know what, you will never have to be embarrassed by associating yourself with golf if you stick with us. They played on incredibly profound sympathies and then threw all these people over the bus. They never told a single one of the golfers who were like Rory McIlroy, who was like, I don't want to do this. I think it's wrong that this was happening. They just said. Sorry, you guys who did turn down the money, ha, 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 we're taking it instead. It is, it's incredibly cynical and really repugnant. And uh, if I didn't think golf was the devil's sport, I'd probably be even madder about it than I already am. So where's the line? 
Like, for instance, say, yeah, I live out in Seattle, and there's been some talk that eventually the Allen Foundation, who controls the Seahawks and the Portland Trailblazers, are going to sell those teams after the passing of Paul Allen. And those prices are not going to be low when they sell. What would happen if the Saudis tried to make a play, say, for an NFL team or an NBA team? Do you think that the powers that be would stop that? Do you think there's enough money that they could paper that over? I'll, I'll defer, because I've been talking too much again. So I'll <laughs> defer to Jay on this one. Well, it depends how much money they throw at it. Because if you look at the contracts they're offering guys like Cristiano Ronaldo, Kareem Benzema, uh, N'Golo Kante, the Saudis are getting them to agree to these deals because they are offering them about 10 times what they would make in Europe. They offered both Ronaldo and Benzema 400 million, I believe, euros over two years. That is just insane. I, I don't know exactly what their contracts would have been in a European club, but it would probably be around 20 to 25, maybe 30 million. And the Saudi resources are obviously, I guess, technically not endless, although it appears that they're pretty, pretty close to endless at the moment. While they still have this money, I just, I don't see how it would get stopped if they tried to come in the U S I think, if this was uh, Chinese billionaires, there would be instant, immediate outrage, mm-hmm. especially on the on the right, because that would fit that particular narrative. But the Saudis have invested enough money and they've bought off Trump effectively enough that he's on board with whatever the hell they want to do. Two of the five major live events right. this year. At, at Bedminster and another club, I think, and has been posting like a lunatic on Truth Social about how awesome it is. Yeah, so MAGA's not going to boycott that. Let's just be clear here. They have been effectively purchased and they have really, for the last few years, been pointing to, well, their traditional enemy of Iran is still the big bad in the Middle East for them. But Also, Qatar has been in their sights for quite a while, and it has also been in the Saudi sights. There was the 2017, we had Bannon and Kushner involved in the the blockade to Qatar that was weirdly suddenly fixed after the government of Qatar spent enough money on Kushner's properties. So (laughs) how do these things happen? Saudi Arabia is, it's a little difficult for them to come out and be like, oh yeah, we love every bit of this. MBS is fine. Oh, 9-11, it probably was some other guy. I mean, they're not, they're not idiotic about it, but they also want to point in other directions. So the the boycott is not going to hit there. I don't think anyone on the left is really going to fight a Saudi takeover of any team in our domestic leagues. I mean, if they, uh, if they allow Russian oligarchs to buy uh, the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just and maybe after the fact, maybe people will kind of wake up after the fact and be like, oh, this is really bad. How did we let this happen? But I think it'll be it'll be done by then. So and then, and then it was sold to the founder of Alibaba. So, you know, 
He's not a Chinese citizen anymore, but Zhou Tsai uh, was right in the middle of the NBA's brief spat with the Chinese government and mainly not even as much the Chinese, but the Chinese broadcasting system because they wanted games still being broadcast. Right. It was like, no, we don't want to lose that money, please. Sports leagues work with dictatorships. Mm-hmm. They don't have any problem about that. They The NBA held a, a basketball training camp and like promotional thing, a hop, skip and a jump in a way where Uyghur Muslims were being imprisoned in China. And it didn't get a lot of press. No one paid attention to it at the time. But like they do that all the time. There was a quote that was given. I think it was it was over a decade ago. And I forget which IOC official it was. And what they said is that they actually like working with dictatorships more than they do democracies because the dictatorship will give the IOC whatever it wants is in terms of policing, surveillance, moving marginalized people out of the neighborhoods where the Olympic Village is going to be reducing construction costs by using slave labor, as in often literal slave labor, as was the case in Qatar, by, again, then not holding them to anything resembling environmental standards for the building of these huge Olympic villages and stadiums, which in some cases then are just become rotting relics after the Olympic show packs up and leaves town. It's the same thing for the World Cup. International sports bodies, FIFA, the IOC, the Olympics, they have not just, they not only don't have a problem with it, they have embraced authoritarian regimes around the goal the globe and helped to prop them up. They're going to, they have done it for a long time, but this IOPC official said it outright that we prefer this. And the surveillance state that gets installed, aside from the rotting stadium and like go to Rio and see what the Olympic village there looks like now. Ugh. But aside from that, the policing systems that get installed don't go away. It's not like municipalities say, thank you for setting up all this ways to better track citizens. You can have it back. We're not going to use this stuff anymore. If you read up on the subject, there is a straight line between the 1984 Olympics happening in Los Angeles and Rodney King and then the subsequent LA riots. Because as part of the Los Angeles Olympics, they brought in the kind of military police force that really hadn't existed in the U.S. before. And it stayed in L.A. Mm-hmm. And now the sheriff's department has a budget that rivals what right. a lot of countries spend on defense. Right. It's insane. Uh, if you, if you, for, for listeners out there, if you look into the group, no Olympics, LA, okay. they have been organizing to try to stop the Los Angeles Olympics for years now. Granted it's still on the books, but it's gotten rejected before. Like there is possible for a popular uprising to say, no, we don't want this. This is going to do nothing but loot the public coffers and make the lives of people miserable. And that's even before you get to things like the carbon footprint that is left behind. It just makes on-the-ground conditions for actual citizenry in these countries bad. Um, So my question is, yeah, it it depends on how much the Saudis want to pay for for an expansion team, NBA team in Seattle, or how much they want to buy up the Blazers for. Uh, Yeah. The NFL owners committee, I mean, there the, the the difference being is that there is no shortage of ultra wealthy people and or investment funds right. in the US, which by the way are responsible for all kinds of evil on their own. They're not the Saudis, <laughs> but they're in the same ballpark, sports metaphor. Right. <laughs> it's only it's only a little bit better when it's right. when it's 
Western money. It's like there's still slave labor. There's still blood money. You're bidding against Jeff Bezos and Amazon, and let's not even get there. There's a trail of suffering. It's still Evil Corp that's going to be buying these teams. The great brown Walmart in the sky. Long story short, they're going to. It's going to happen. They're going to overpay for a team. If it's not the NFL, maybe it'll be a Major League Baseball team. Maybe it'll be a basketball team, the, the, some NBA owner who wants to cash out. Maybe it'll be the New York Knicks, for that matter. Hmm. I mean, James Dolan could get probably between 6 and $8 billion for the Knicks right now, even if he insisted on keeping the team's broadcast, in-house broadcast cable network. It would be the most expensive franchise. And let's say, for example, MBS came in and said, I'll give you twelve. Right. Yeah. What that would probably do. get it done. You, you think the NBA Governor's Committee, the, the you know, the, is going to the competition committee, the owners are going to say, no, I find this distasteful on moral grounds. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking to a Seattle Sonics fan. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Here's some here's some sports reporting. And I can't entirely verify that it went down like this because I heard it secondhand. So if you want to grab a Morton's and take it with some salt, that's fine. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine was at some kind of, you know, I think it was, may have been the Sierra Club or something, a fundraising event. And David Stern was there while he was still alive, former NBA commissioner David Stern. And so my friend, who is a filmmaker and an environmental activist, went up to David Stern. This is before Stern passed away, I think in the late or like the early 2010s. And he went up to him while he was still commissioner. And he asked him, how did you convince the NBA to hold a green week? Because all of the people who own NBA teams, these are these are not Green New Deal advocates then or now. Right. They're Republican or, you know, centrists and whatnot. <laughs> Former Senator you, Herb Cole and people like that. Yes. You know, I mean. Right. You know, Mark Lazary or whatever. If they're not Republican mega bundlers, you know, or the DeVos family, which owns the magic. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or. It's just bad people. Uh, I don't know. Uh, now, Josh Harris. And his venture capital firm, you know, uh, what is it? Is it Alpha? What is the name of the Josh Harris? Jamie? Jamie, what's the name of the evil (laughs) venture capital fund that owns the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils and just bought the Washington Redskins? I forget. Anyway, um, so he asked David Stern, how did you convince them to do it? And David Stern sort of grabbed my friend by the shoulder and drew him in close and then theatrically whispered and said, I didn't ask. (laughs) That sounds very accurate somehow. So that's how NBA commissioner did his part reportedly secondhand. I cannot confirm this for the environmental movement with the NBA, but Adam Silver is a lawyer. And I think his priorities are are somewhat different than David Stern's (laughs) and they'll take the money, man. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah, I was just looking at a Forbes article that said the Seahawks are worth uh, $4.2 billion as of 2022. And yeah, MBS comes in and says $10 billion. That probably gets it done. Yeah, what you can do. Yeah. And then you start to wonder who's next, right? Are we going to see the Aliyev family in Azerbaijan? Or <laughs> and it's endless, but like if MBS shows us a blueprint to how you sports wash, how you do all this, which... Honestly, he's really just doing what Qatar and UAE oh, yeah. did previously with PSG and Manchester City and all these clubs. <laughs> so it's just 
now they've also got the Saudi league. Now they've got the PGA tour. I mean, if this, if this works and there's every reason to think it's going to work, well, that brutal dictatorship doesn't start to look so bad. And especially nope. if you want to, if you're the Aliyev family in Azerbaijan, you have all this money and he has kids and you want to continue. We, we essentially set up like a, you know, a monarchy where we pass the reins of government on right. to our, our, uh, our heir, then. Well, let's let's go ahead and start trust washing and he can keep doing it and I don't see an end to that. Generational wealth as it were. Thanks for listening to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast. If you want to hear more, you can go to didnothingwrongpod.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at James the word 4 and the letter M all one word and Grizza BJJ G R Z A BJJ as well as DNW Pod. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.